in the morning when you want the news you need the front page every hour on the press box nothing's writing on this except the uh, first amendment of the constitution freedom of the press and maybe the future of the country not that any of that matters and now the news carson wentz will return to practice for the colts he's going to participate but not really sure how much so Carson Wentz had surgery the Colts announced him out as what was it a five to 13 week or five to eight week timeline or something like that um but it was five to twelve and the only reason I know that is because I believe we at one point took caller five and caller 12 (laughs) to give away something (laughs) so very slow news day if he's back at practice even in a limited setting on August 23rd He's surely going to be able to play their first game, yeah. uh, which is going to be whatever, September 10th or whatever the hell uh, that day is. 11th. 11th. I think, yeah. 11th. He's surely going to be able to play a full game by then, right? Yeah. And this is why, you know, I mean, it's not happening now because he, he himself is hurt, but this is why when the Mariota uh, kind of rumors came up, they were looking at, there was a pause because if it was 12 weeks, we got that because right. like, oh. You need a quarterback, but if it's this and he's going to be back for this game, then obviously they're not going to trade for Marcus Mariota. So I think that's why it was kind of wait and see with the Colts. And then now for the Colts, it's I would assume they think it's best case scenario and they'll just move forward. Right. I mean, I guess unless he comes back to practice yeah, and, and it can't go or anything. Yeah, and yeah. it hurts it more. He's like, oh, boy, I can't actually do this. That could happen, too. But I have to imagine if he's back at practice and everything goes fine over the next week that. He should be yeah, fine to play the in the guy. regular season opener. I can't imagine he wouldn't. You know, he was point. really bummed out as that Philip Rivers kid teaching coach in high school. Oh, he, he thought he was getting the call. The fly in on Sundays to the play call. the game, go back and coach. Got his a high Friday night teams. lights game, boys, but I can be there Saturday. <laughs> Great question. Thank you. Green Valley High School kicker Damon Bischoff hit a 54 yard field goal in his first game as a high school kicker. He's a converted soccer player, according to to Ray Brewer. He made all three of his field goals and all four of his extra points in Green Valley. Which means opener. he has scored far more than Jake Bischoff uh, so far in his career. <laughs> so I guess the number one Bischoff right now is Dave. Did I'm, you watch? He, he banked it I did it not in. watch it. He banked it in off the post and in from You saw it? Yards. Oh, oh he, he someone, someone had, oh, yeah. he tweeted it. He okay. tweeted out a video. Off well, the post the and in good for the 54. Yeah. I mean, soccer player, so he probably had to be, like, he kicked it and went, oh, over the bar. <laughs> Do you think UNLV's kicker can make a 54-yarder? Oh, well, it's interesting because one, I would have to know who that is. <laughs> I don't. Uh, <laughs> I mean, indoors at Allegiant, I would hope. Columnist for the local paper, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Did you in- know my son's the kicker for in- UNLV? Indoors, um, college kicker at Allegiant. No weather issues. I'd hope he'd be close. I don't know if he's making it, but he better be within five yards. I don't know. I I feel like they didn't attempt long field goals last year. In the 0-6 campaign? Maybe that's because they didn't really get across the field very much. You 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 got to get close to to attempt. But, yeah, I don't feel like they actually kicked very many. I got to look up and see what Daniel Gutierrez's long is on field goals. I can't find this. I've heard of him. Yeah, he's been been here for like four years. Is he still there? This is his fourth year. Well, he's got the COVID year. Back to be here for two more. I mean, he's been here for a long time. He has a master's degree. His career long is 52. Oh, then he can kick it. Sure. 
54 is longer than 52, Ed. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, this is eighth year. I mean, his leg's stronger. I will say, regardless of Damon Bischoff's last name being the greatest last name anyone can have, my high school football team, I don't think we had guys that could kick it 30 yards, let no. alone 54. No. Kids have gotten better. Well, let me ask you this, because uh, it's not Jones or Smith. So with all these weird Bischoffs out there, like, have you ever asked, like, have you ever said, hey, where's your family from? Like See, ever, I, I have well, not met Damon Bischoff, so no. No, but you could tweet him. I've talked to Jake Bischoff about it. And there's it, no there's no connection? We don't yeah, we don't know anybody. But that, you have to ask. Know anybody. Yeah, because there's not that many. There's more no, than I thought, saying. but there's not that many Bischoffs. No, you world. thought there was one until you saw the hockey yeah, and, Jake, and, I, and his Bischoff's, high school kicker. Yeah, Jake Bischoff's the first Bischoff I've met that I'm not related to. If there's okay, it's probably a record. And you know, Las Vegas isn't a small town, but it's probably a record where you have three Bischoffs in the same town and none have family trees connect. Yeah. Think about that. Unless you're like back in Mississippi with your family and you got like 10 people back There's there. But no, I mean, my family's not even from Mississippi. Three Bischoffs in Las Vegas without connecting. Yeah. That's a record. I, I genuinely like thought when we first like we we're uh, talking about how obsessed with Jake Bischoff, I was like, well, I guess he he did say he moved to Mississippi when he was two from like the north the north Midwest. So maybe Wait, they... Jake Bischoff said that. No, you. No, oh, I was gonna say yeah. you might be related because Jake Bischoff's family is from Minnesota. My dad's side of the family is from Nebraska, huh? but nope, nope, not related. <laughs> nope. That's a great great question. Nevada Athletics had a $17 million revenue shortfall last year, according to Nevada Sportsnet. They, through cost-cutting, they managed to save about $7 million, so that that $17 million was down to just $10 million. And then they received a $10 million gift from the university to have a balanced budget. Nevada Athletics Director Doug Kuth said, President Sandoval took the position that this is not our fault, something we couldn't control. And so he and the university administration was able to step in and help us out to the tune of $10 million, which is incredible. See, this is another reason I think they should seriously consider Newth for the UNLVAD job, the full-time job. Not only can he hire people, but if he's got that good a relationship with the governor where the governor just says, <laughs> give him $10 million extra, that's the kind of guy you want leading your department, right? He can hire great coaches, and he can put in one call to the governor, and all of a sudden at lunchtime he's got a $10 million check. This guy might be the pick. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, that's a good thing to do. Now, one problem for Nevada's athletic department, they are still, according to the story, still, in a $5.9 million Death. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but most Mountain West schools probably are probably near that number. Yes. I mean, it's a, there's not a lot of surplus. Maybe Boise State, no, because they get more money than anyone else. But there'd probably be a lot more closer to that than not. Yeah, I do enjoy that so many athletic departments are somehow in debt to their university. Like, well, oh, those yeah. general funds are just blood dry on most of these places. Yeah. We, we owe our own university six million dollars. Yes, exactly. What? what? I also enjoy that Alabama football has never turned a profit. <laughs> yeah. Technically correct. I don't care about your next question. Uh, two head coaches testing positive, one in the NFL level in Mike Vrabel, the head coach of the Tennessee Titans, and one at the college level in Brian Harson, head coach at Auburn. Um, now, the NFL still has a little bit of ways away until their regular season starts. Auburn, though, plays a game in 13 days, and Brian Harson has refused to say if he is vaccinated or not. Uh, there was actually a, the columnist for uh, AL.com, the newspaper conglomerate in Alabama, ripped Brian Harson. 
for not taking COVID seriously and, you know, putting his football season in jeopardy because of it. So, but you have some head coaches still testing positive out there, and we don't know if they're vaccinated. Well, or not. we're going to guess. Now, Vrabel, I thought, said he is vaccinated. Yeah, yes, yes. Okay. Vrabel, yes. So I'm just going to guess that Harson is not, because if you are, you say it. Sorry. Yes. That is. And been, yeah, I think. We, no, I think know? if you are, you, I think you say it because you know the backlash that's coming if you if you don't if you don't say anything. But you also might get backlash from the fans if you're the Auburn coach and you're like, yeah, of course I'm vaccinated. I'm not an idiot. All of a sudden, your <laughs> fan base is like, what do you mean I'm an idiot? True, but if an Auburn, but Auburn fans, I would assume the biggest thing to them is winning games. Right. And they'd be like, well, we're not going to get vaccinated, but man, we need those players. We need those players vaccinated. They can't lose to Bama again. Son, I need you to wear a mask. It's all nonsense. It's all a hoax. But wear a mask. But you're the third string linebacker. You need to be vaccinated. I just think if you're Harson, if you're if you're vaccinated, you say, why wouldn't you? At that point, it's like, have we heard, by the way, have we heard an update from the Washington State coach, Nick Rolovich? Uh, Has there been any update on that guy? No. So the story <laughs> last week was that the state of Washington was requiring. Oh, that's right. They were saying they was required. They're going to require employees of public, private, and charter schools, universities, and high schools to be vaccinated. Nick Rolovich, the head coach of Washington State, is an employee. He has not been vaccinated. He did not go to Pac-12 media days because he was not vaccinated. I have not seen an update on that. Of basically, he's in a situation. When does it? When's the uh, edict start? Uh, I, I do. Like, I do not know when that edict is. But basically, he's in a position where he's not going to be able to be an employee if he doesn't get vaccinated. So good. Which he'll get it. I mean, I would think so too. I would think that I mean, would if he be, wants to continue in his right. profession because. <laughs> The other side of that is, well, there's other places that hire coaches. Are you getting hired if no. you if you lost your job because you wouldn't no. get vaccinated? No like, chance. Yeah, like that's not like we'll oh, be the point. no. We no can job. look. He's he's changed his good. offense. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we, it's ridiculous. So yeah, we'll see what happens with Nick Rolovich. But I have not seen an update on whether or not he has changed his mind or what. Because and the other thing with Nick Rolovich, like when he said he wasn't vaccinated. He was like all of all about like yeah the vaccine seems fine like he was all about like it's fine it's just my decision not to get it like he was playing it up as though you know I have no problem with the vaccine it's not like I'm anti-vax I just don't want to get this one so we're about to see breaking news Rolovich Pfizer's good <laughs> I'm in FDA says Next it's good question. as you heard earlier in the show Justin Fields tell Chicago Bears fans not to chant his name when Andy Dalton was on the field. <laughs> had a lot of news with the Chicago Bears quarterback position because Matt Nagy said Andy Dalton is going to start week one of the regular season and his quote was we need to see him in the regular season is Matt Nagy aware that Andy Dalton has played 10 seasons already like what are I you mean, talking about you need to see him in the regular season you've got a decade Matt Nagy think the last time he started was TCU what is he talking about yes. he's still all those years and since he this isn't Justin Fields you need to see him in the regular season because he's never played an NFL snap before this is a guy who's been an NFL player for 10 years he's yeah. been a starter for yeah. he basically started all the games last yeah. year too he's been a starter for like 10 years Matt we're gonna introduce him it's called film <laughs> we're gonna throw it on and you're gonna be here for six hours because the guy's been a starting quarterback for a decade yeah. in the NFL and Andy Dalton he was, he was better than Justin Fields in their preseason game, but it's still, you know what Andy I, Dalton is. I know it's going to depend on wins or losses. That's obvious because if the guy's 5-0, and oh, you're not replacing him. But for uh, giggle's sake, 
Give me your number over under when the field starts. So and obviously, I, it's going to be depending on how they play. I'm course. viewing this as far as Matt Nagy is making the decision to save his job because Matt Nagy was on the hot oh, seat last year. going to fields. So, so what right. I the way I view this as he's going to start Andy Dalton, and if the Bears win, great. Well, Andy yeah, Dalton's the quarterback, and they're right. and they're fine, and Matt Nagy's job is fine. But if the Bears start losing, and it's you know the hot seat of Matt Nagy is this guy's getting fired, then he says, "Oh, he's going to yeah. go into the rookie quarterback for the last." Yes. 10 games of the season? Yeah. 11 games of the season? So somewhere in there. With 10 okay. or 11 games left, All right. it'll be Justin Fields. If they're not good. Yeah, which and they'll probably be hovering around 500 right. more than likely. So that's my prediction on yeah, when good. this actually I mean, he's going to play. Yeah, and then it's, oh, look, we were, we've got a rookie quarterback. You have to bring me back for another year because look how good he was at the end of the season, even though we missed the playoffs. Next question. Also in that preseason game, Mitch Trubisky. Now with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Comes back, plays yeah. the Bears. 20 of 28, 221 yards, threw a touchdown. The Bills won 41 to 15. It's a preseason game. He's a backup, but that's about as satisfying as a preseason game as I think any player can actually have. There's something going on with the uh, uh, Bears where I also saw a tweet before that game. I think it was a player saying, don't boo him. It's wrong to boo him. He was fine for us. And now you got Fields. Don't boo Don't Dalton. Boo it's Dalton. like everyone's telling not to boo quarterbacks on that organization. <laughs> and Fields, uh, obviously no one's booing him at this point. I mean, it's not it, a good sign. I mean, everyone's saying don't boo anybody. It's a fan base that literally still brings up something that happened, what was it, 50, like 40 <laughs> years ago? I almost made it 50, but 19, when was 1985 the last time your team was relevant? <laughs> Hey, they had the double doink. They were pretty relevant. Oh, okay, yeah. For the wrong reasons. They, they had that Jay Cutler game where he <laughs> tore his groin and they booed him for not continuing to play. Listen, if the Bears a few years ago had had Damon Bischoff kicking field goals, he wouldn't have double doinked it out. He would have no. double doinked it in. He would have double doinked it in. It would have been great. All right, coming up next, Dave Cobble, the A's president. Well, he said he's coming back to Vegas soon, but we don't know when. No, I'm not making that announcement. Let's try it <laughs> whenever I feel like it. <laughs> not tonight. <laughs> You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. The Oakland days, they can't hold a lead in the eighth and the ninth inning. Two games in a row, they've given up a two-run home run while up by a run in the eighth. Got a lot of Cody Bellinger in them. Stiffs. <laughs> Yeah, they lost the Giants, so the Dodgers cannot uh, catch the Giants because of that. <laughs> no, you're right. It's a bad time of the year to be losing games. I mean, uh, if the A's hold those leads, it's a, the, the lead is only a half, and uh, you're in it. Now it's two and a half. You're probably out for good. Out for good? <laughs> don't you play the Giants again? Three more times. Yeah, you're fine. All in San Francisco. You just don't lose to the Padres this week. Oh, stop. Stop. <laughs> I want to hear it. <laughs> I won't watch. I won't listen. Uh, at 10.30 each night, this is my thing when they play the Padres. This is what I do at 10.30 because I figure the game's over. It starts at 7. I, f I, I refresh ESPN. I see the final score. And you told us your wife, Bonnie, will be very happy. She's, well, she was ecstatic that there was no Dodger game tonight. She goes, when are they off again? I said, they're off tonight. I said, but you're good for the next four days because I won't watch one minute of the Padres series. She just looked at me and laughed. <laughs> <laughs> won't watch one. Won't watch one any. Now, what I do do though, I I have to admit now, I will tape channel six ninety in case they win. Then I'll go back and watch it. Oh, if they lose, it's erased immediately. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you think this is odd? Oh boy. <laughs> when do you rewatch it? 
Oh, if they win, I'll go out at 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, I'll be tired here the next morning. Not the whole thing. I, I'll see when the, the great moments were, and I'll fast forward to them. You know, I you watch can hop on YouTube. They post, like, five-minute highlights where you can see all the important moments from the game. That I did not know. <laughs> yeah. I just go. I just I, I just tape six ninety every day. I will say the one problem with it is that sometimes the calls are in the middle of like we've got this random person in the booth, and so it's like, yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, 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 that's uh, that's heading out, and you're just like, yeah, that that epic. Thanks, Joe. You want weirdness, and you'll you'll think this is weird. You know, on do you have Directv? Yep. Okay. You know when you um, tape something says, do you want to add the extension? Yep. Okay, so it goes over. I go to the left. At the beginning of the year, I extended it for an hour. I went 0 for 3, and they lost all three games. I now extend it for an hour and a half because they've played like not they've played like 90% wins when I go an hour and a half. If I mess it up, I'm devastated for the whole day. Like if I click an hour first and I don't go on the down button. But if I go to an hour and a half, I feel good about it. That is the worst superstition I, know. I have ever I know. heard of. I know. And God forbid if I ever get to three hours. It's not. That's not even a good superstition. It's it's mine. That's not even like, well, if every day I wear these socks, they no, win or something. It's mine. It's oh, mine. my God. I go to an that's hour and a half. terrible superstition. That's the way it is. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, Dave Cavill, uh, he might be coming to Vegas. story from the Associated Press said Dave Cavill, the president of the Oakland A's, that he's planning another trip to Vegas. No date has been set, but he said that he was coming soon. Now, he was supposed to come, what was that, two weeks ago? He had he was supposed to come back to Vegas, but that trip never happened. And if you're paying attention to what's going on in Oakland, the city council in Oakland basically offered them half of the money they were looking for, offered them $490 million in public money to build their new ballpark at the Howard Terminal site, the waterfront site there. Uh, but the A's have said they want the full $855 million. They've got a few other issues with some of the details of it, but it comes down to the money and them wanting another $360 million there. So it wasn't good enough that they only got 490 but they still got offered 490 and it's hard to imagine them saying no to $490 million. So is he actually going to come again? He might. I'm far, far more over to your side now. Well, I think I've always been on your side because I always thought it was leverage. But then he kept coming back and coming back. And you heard the one city council meeting where there were a couple members that seemed, I mean, they were just begging to go back to the Coliseum site. But they kind of seemed like, ah, this is enough. This is enough. But then he didn't come back for a while. And if you read these quotes, I think it's a huge, huge favorite. They're just going to stay there. So Especially the first quote. Yeah, like, Dave uh, Cobble, he said about the the plan that the city council in Oakland approved. He said, we're still hopeful to make progress on negotiations with them, but time will tell how that plays out. We're still getting all the other processes working and hopefully finalized. We're doing everything we can to make that happen in an acceptable timeline for the league. So he's already talking about finalizing an agreement in Oakland. Yeah, now, so when I read that, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Now, again, they still want more money right. out of Oakland, but, and that's what he's using Las Vegas for is, hey, I'll move there. They'll give me something. That's what he's using Las Vegas sure. as his leverage there. But it's definitely sounding like they're going to come to some sort of an agreement with the city of Oakland because he also told the Associated Press that the earliest timeline for a deal to be finalized in Oakland was for there to be another vote later this year. So, again, that's not exactly quick, but maybe in, what, November or something like that? No, but like if he that. gets 
if he doesn't get another penny from them, he should stay in Oakland. Because it's 490 yes, more. Yes, he's not he getting here. that here. Yeah. So I don't, yeah, I mean, and this whole thing about a downtown urban location, where's that around so here? That was the other funny quote because there he's trying to play up why the A's need the Howard Terminal site. Right. He's trying to say we have to have this. And his quote was, we need a downtown urban location to be successful. And then he talked about the Giants and how they have a waterfront ballpark and that they want to at least be level or eclipse what the Giants have at their park. And when he says we, you need to have a downtown urban location to be successful, where would that be in Las Vegas? Or is Las Vegas just so different that you don't have to have yeah. a downtown what is he urban ta- I mean, location? I don't... I mean, I think it's different to downtown here. Yes. So... I don't believe this. I think I don't believe this. So what he's saying is, if you built just a gorgeous, beautiful um, ballpark on the Coliseum side, and you were able to develop around it, that's not going to be good enough. I'm not saying, go, saying I'm not, I'm not saying yeah. don't go or go to the Coliseum site because one of the city council members, I forget his name, but he was strong <laughs> in an opinion. He kept saying that, like he wouldn't give up on that, but. What Cobble is saying is if that's – without saying it, if that's the option, it wouldn't work. I don't believe that. I, I really don't. I yeah. don't believe it. I don't know. I mean, if yeah, if they had a brand-new ballpark – And they could the develop Coliseum, around it, I, I don't believe that that wouldn't be enough. Right. It would probably be perfectly fine. Yeah. There would be probably no issue with it at You're all. You're saying that that's going to really kill you against the Giants? Like, I don't <laughs> – I think that's a huge hurdle, including the Giants on that, by the way. I really did. Yeah. I mean, they were playing the Giants this weekend, so it was, you know, the Bay Area matchup and all that. But, yeah, I I think he was just using the Giants as a way to say, hey, look at the ballpark they have. We need to be be on the same terms as the Giants. Basically a way to guilt the Oakland City Council into saying, look, San Francisco's so much better than you. I'm not saying they don't need a new ballpark. I'm just saying it's hilarious to say that you must be in the water. Yeah, absolutely. You could play at the Coliseum and yes. be just fine. Yeah. There'd be no at the at the site, anyways. At the be site, just fine. Yeah, I think it's it is funny because a lot of times you have like teams say they need need a new stadium, need a new ballpark, and a lot of times you're like, huh? No, this place is fine. Like the Texas Rangers, their ballpark right. is like twenty. This one years I can old. see. It's horrible. Everyone is in agreement. Yes, every they even, need a new ballpark. You know the website Field of Schemes. Yes, the guy runs a website yeah. basically to make fun of sports owners right. being like, no, your arguments crap. You don't actually need any of that. Even he is written. Yeah, they need a new yes, ballpark. It's, like it's the horrible. It's a disaster. Not good. <laughs> and I think they'd be fine on that site. I, I think they're staying. I think they're staying in Oakland. I just think they're I staying. I think they're getting $490 million. Yeah. There'll be some other details that maybe the A's get what they well, want. Well, they might get something on the back end, right. not more money, but they'll get, like, more advantages or something. Yeah. and it'll end up being this Howard Terminal site. It'll be the waterfront, and they're staying in yeah. Oakland. That's, that's what's ultimately going to happen here, and we're going to look around and say, hey, you just used us as leverage. Yeah. I believe the the joke that that I thoroughly enjoyed, and I can't remember who it said it was, as long as your stadium was built within the time frame that we had movie Spider-Man, whether it's Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, or Tom Holland, you don't need a new stadium. Anything pre-Tobey Maguire, yeah, you probably might need a new stadium. Coming up next, Kevin Bollinger joins us from L.A. I prepare and I uh, I get ready so I don't, you know. So these things when they do happen, I'm already I'm already prepared. I'm already ready. Uh, I don't I don't see it as like since somebody's in front of me, uh, I can take it easy or anything like that. I'm always preparing as a starter, and that, that's just the way it is. 
It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. Joining us now, Kevin Bollinger from Fox 5. Kevin, how are you this morning? Kev, Kev. Doing great. Good morning, guys. Uh, I, important question for you. How is getting in and out of SoFi Stadium? Uh, you know, from everything that I heard, and I was, when I go to a Legion Stadium, we're there so early that we don't have to usually <laughs> deal with everything. But we were getting to SoFi Stadium five hours before kickoff, and it was complete gridlock. <laughs> <laughs> it was goodness. a mess. And the Rams PR staff had told us during the week when we were up in Thousand Oaks to get there at least five hours early because the week before when the Rams played the Chargers, <laughs> four hours before the game, nobody was moving on the streets. And it was pretty close to that five hours before this week. Is it is it because of the stadium or just L.A. traffic or just the combination of both? You know, it wasn't bad until you got off the freeway. Just the, the surface streets to get in to SoFi. And they don't open the lots until four hours in advance. And I think they were trying to get them open in a hurry because it just caused a backup through all the streets. People were parking on the, the residential streets and walking in. And, uh, you know, we kind of just did some uh, side streets to, to work ourselves around a little bit. Finally, finally got through. But it, it, Allegiant is not alone with their, their messes in terms of getting people in and out. Let's just put it that way. Now, more important question is, like the Raiders at Chargers last year, was the media meal where you were brought down to the concourse, given some kind of sandwich, and sat 40 feet away from each other, waving at each other with masks on? No, they actually added in the press box. Oh, uh, times so, are changing. Uh, times are changing. Last year was, was a little bizarre. Yeah, was uh, weird. All the places we went, uh, that, that was probably the most bizarre. But this year it was fine, and and uh, they, they were back to – it seems somewhat normal up in the press box from that standpoint. Are you excited to watch a preseason game that is not 100% Nathan Peterman this week? <laughs> we hope. We don't know yet for sure, <laughs> That's right? True. That's true. true. He, he said he hoped that Mariota would be able to play this, uh, this Sunday. Um, but uh, I think that uh, there's a good chance we're going to see a, a little bit of Mariota and still probably a, another heavy dose of Peterman in there as well. You've seen both games. Not many have played that are going to play can you make anything out of this? Uh, you know, you know. I thought that it was interesting. Again, I'm saying this with not, not starters playing. I forgot last year that they led the league in missed tackles. Like, I totally forgot that. I'm not saying that the guys have, who've played are going to play a lot, but is there anything like that? Have you seen over two games or you think has improved, or is it just absolutely impossible at this point? I think, you know, it's really tough with the guys that are playing right now to get a, a good feel for, for this team because a lot of these guys that are playing are right on the cut line or they're so far down on the depth chart that, uh, it, you know, if it's some of these uh, players that are out there getting games and the Raiders have got, the, you know, some problems during this regular season. But I haven't noticed as many missed tackles, uh, you know, and, and they do have some new coaches on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, maybe maybe there's hope that uh, that's going to parlay uh, with the with the starters and regulars when we get into the regular season. Will they have any healthy linebackers by the time the season starts? <laughs> That's the good question. I mean, you know, they, we, when we were talking in camp with some of the guys that they had brought in at, at all position groups, you're like, all right, they have a little more depth this year. This is the first time in a long time that the, the Raiders, you know, when they get down to 53 men, they have to make some real decisions. They've got some, some quality talent, but they're going to be t- definitely tested right now at the linebackers. We're waiting to hear more. You know, on Nick Morrow especially, I think, is, is 
one that we don't really have a good gauge as to how bad that injury was. It happened late in practice on Thursday uh, in that joint practice with the Ram. And I think that, uh, you know, that's, that's going to be uh, a, a key thing to see how long he could potentially be out. Javen's injury did not look good uh, when it happened. And, you know, hopefully we'll get some, some answers uh, on that. And hopefully it's not as bad as it looked. I don't think it's bad, but I don't also don't think they need Richie Incognito hurt just because, well, what the position he plays into, how that line is rebuilt anyway. So I think the hope would be, I think you'd agree that what, he wouldn't play this week, obviously, but you have to get him ready for the opener. And John Gruden said after the game that they were aiming for week one with Incognito. Look, the two position groups that the Raiders did not have as much depth uh, on was linebacker and offensive line. And so uh, you're exactly right. Uh, Richie Incognito is, is such a key to, to everything that's, that's on that line, um, that I, I think that, you know, if he can get back for week one and if he could stay healthy throughout the year, that's going to go a long ways. Uh, he's certainly a, a critical part to, to what they're trying to do on that offensive line. Now, Fox 5 deserves some credit because you guys captured the story that was way more entertaining than anything that actually happened in the game. And that was Hunter Renfro before the game breaking the pylon cam <laughs> and then Derek Carr and Foster Moreau trying to help them. Can, do you know, did they fix the pylon cam after breaking it? You know, it happened right in front of us and, and myself and our photographer, Robbie Hunt, we were standing right there in the end zone kind of watching warm-ups when it happened. And they were over there for a good few minutes, you know, trying to, <laughs> to work on it. I, I saw that Derek Carr tweeted that he thinks they fixed it. Um, I didn't see the, the actual broadcast, so I don't know if they ever went to that pylon cam during the during the game. Um, but I, they were, were certainly kind of consulting and, and fiddling, and I never saw anybody over go over and fiddle with uh, that pylon cam anymore. So maybe they got it right. Is this uh, like COVID restrictions? I feel like there should be somebody else's job, not the actual players, to fix the pylon cam when it gets knocked over. I think maybe the guy that was uh, in charge of the pilot cam was out directing traffic out, out in the stadium. <laughs> uh, wasn't able to get out there. Will this win your astute cameraman, Robbie, and Emmy? <laughs> it might. You know, he, uh, he has, a, he has a, the knack for, for trying to find those weird things uh, <laughs> that, that go on during the game. And look, when it's a preseason game, you're, you're, you're keeping your eyes on the, the main guys, even though you know they're not going to play uh, in the game, just to see what they're doing in the warm-ups, because that's the only time we're really going to see them unless they go down and celebrate with somebody on the sidelines after a play. Uh, Kevin, were you out there for the joint practices with the Rams as well? I was, yeah. We were there all week. Can you give us a breakdown if you saw exactly what Mike Mayock did to pull guys out of a pile? I did not see Mike oh. Mayock in the scrum. I mean, it turned into... Uh, it, it was very interesting because it started out with a, a special teams fight, which we saw a lot on Wednesday, but it was towards the end on Thursday. And then it calmed down, and then it got bigger, and then it calmed down, and it got even bigger. And then pretty soon you had both teams out there in the middle, and you saw Darren Waller come out with a torn jersey. And, and so when it got to the point where both teams were in the middle of all that stuff, uh, you couldn't tell who was who. It was a mess. <laughs> No wonder may I got pissed if Waller's in there fighting. My God, it's the last guy you want. Carr and Waller. I did like Carr uh, saying to you guys at one point, you know, I, I like this. Show some juice. I like fighting. Yeah, you're wearing a red jersey. No one's going to touch you. <laughs> you, you. You're standing over there watching. No one's going near you. You know, the, the, and, and Carr wasn't alone in saying that. Uh, they liked the fact, I think the Raiders did, that everybody seemed to have each other's backs. 
And as you know, Ed, in following uh, you know teams throughout, sometimes that's not the case. And I think that this team, in a weird way, it helped kind of bond them even more a little bit. That they knew they had each other's back. And and while Gruden publicly said he didn't like the fighting and everything else, you know that that he liked the the grit. I think is the word that he likes to use uh, with those guys, kind of uh, mixing it up and and doing what they had to do. I, I think that the Raiders, those two days of joint practices were worth more than any preseason game, uh, not only for the starters, but just for, I think, the team as a whole. I think it was uh, a good couple of days down there. I think what we determined is that John Gruden, he, he probably likes the fighting. He probably likes that part of it, but he loves football practice so much more that he couldn't get over that he had to end it early. Uh, there's no, no question that both coaches <laughs> – we're not happy that they had to end it early. They were already going to cut practice a little bit shorter than it was the day before. They were going to go uh, eight periods. I think they were in the seventh period of practice, and they were in the special teams, and then they were going to come together and, and I think get some joint stuff with the, the starters on offense and defense, and uh, they lost that part. And I think that, that both coaches really wanted that. Um, you know, For the media, it makes for great narratives of, of everything that uh, was going on, but yeah, coaches only get a certain amount of time on the field with the collective bargaining agreement. They want to take advantage of every minute they can get. Kevin Bollinger with Fox 5. Kevin, we appreciate it this morning. Thanks, Kevin. All right, thanks, guys. Take care of yourself. Good job uh, from Fox 5 uh, getting that uh, Hunter Renfro um, tape. How, how long would it have taken you to do, uh, fix that? I don't know what's in a pylon, Kim. <laughs> I mean, there's a camera in there, but I... If I broke the camera, I don't know how to fix the camera. I would have just stood it back up and went, that's good. Did you? I mean, Moreau running over. You got these guys running over. I'm like, I don't think any of these guys know what they're doing. (laughs) They wanted to look like they knew what they were doing, but I don't think any of them knew what they were doing. Is it bad that I'd be like, I can fix this. All right. I just need some (laughs) screwdrivers and... It's a it's a pylon camp. There's probably a very limited number of people on Earth that have ever even... right. Tried to build or fix one. Like, it's a very specialized task. That's why I was saying, like, isn't there somebody with, like, the broadcast that's supposed to be, like, in charge? Oh, the, you know, the pylon cam's down. Can you go fix that? Like, where's that guy at? I would think that's someone's job. Right. Where's that guy at? I have no idea. Also, that, you got to imagine that happens way more often than we, like, actually think. Like, broken pylon cam? Yeah, because it's a... It's literally a sport. It's where a target. Yeah. When guys are going to the end zone, that's their target. <laughs> if I hit that thing, it's a touchdown. So, yeah. It kind of reminds me of when the Mythbusters used to put cameras in cars and then blow up the car. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right, guys, we're not going to recover many of these, <laughs> but get the footage. Did the camera survive? No, but we, we got the footage. Don't but worry. We, we, got, we got the fumble out of the back of the end zone. That might get Robbie and Emmy. No one else was on that. No one else is all no, over that. Nobody else got you it. You know? It's big time. Mythbusters. Man. Weird Mayock screaming in the background when you heard on the on the audio. Oh, yeah, I did see About that. About the LSU stuff. He's trying to make fun of Foster Moreau. Yeah, exactly. I'm fine with making fun of LSU. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> of me. course, you like that. That's okay. All right, coming up next. Hey, our Sharp one again. So our Sharp is on a roll here. Can he win enough to win a free jersey? It's time to find the sharp. Brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. Tom is back. He's gotten two in a row. He had the Braves on Friday. They took care of the Orioles. So, Tom, 
And for everybody else listening, don't forget, you got to get to nine. Nine is the magic number to win a mystery jersey or hat. We'll let you pick once you get there. But nine is the magic number. You're going for three today. What is your pick for today, Tom? All right. Well, I got to I got to apologize in advance to my fellow Dodger fans. Oh, but I'm going to I'm going to bang the trash can about three or four hey. times and take those cheaters. Take well, those cheaters against uh, the Orioles. Tyler is wearing his yes. cheater jersey today, yes. so um, of course. he is wearing his cheater jersey. <laughs> I'm going to take the Astros. All right. All Astros right. playing the Royals. I will uh, tell you they lost three or four to the Royals last week. Uh, so good luck. Well, time to turn it around, huh? I yeah. hope so. Good luck, buddy. <laughs> so Thank you. Tom has the Astros. The okay. Astros win. He'll be up to the Royals first. just swept the cup. Like, the Royals apparently got are playing really yes. well. Yes, the Royals are like, yeah, yeah, we're going to turn it on now. We're going to be the worst team in baseball for most of the season. And then, all right, we're August gonna, is here. Time to win. <laughs> and we're going to do it mostly by having some guy named Witt stealing bases. <laughs> we're 27 out. Time to turn it on. Here's the comeback, guys. So, yes, he has the Astros. Why which... are we having him steal third? Because why not? <laughs> The, the here's a stat for you on the Astros. They have lost three games in a row to the same team this year a few times. The teams that have done it, the Baltimore Orioles, the Texas Rangers, the Kansas City Royals, and the Detroit Tigers. Wow. No no one else in baseball has beaten the Astros three straight times, but those four teams. They got a lot of Padres in them. You beat the good teams, you lose <laughs> to the bad ones. It's No, well, early, early. It also is like, Every time they play the Detroit Tigers, or at least every time I watched the play, I was like, oh, yeah, Miggy. Yeah, he's still got a little pop <laughs> yeah, left yeah, in his back. And, and number yeah. 500, he went oppo, which <laughs> even tells you a little more than it. Like, I was just like, I thought he's, I thought he yeah. was like Albert Pujols. I thought he was dead. Which, oh, yeah. When he had his 500 yesterday, I'm like, he's still playing? If you want, if you want the exact, a great, like, this is the exact opposite way fans react to things. Miguel Cabrera hits his 500th home <laughs> run in Toronto, and Toronto fans are giving him a standing ovation. He even got a curtain call in Toronto for hitting his 500th home run. Meanwhile, a soccer game in France between Nice and Marseille was stopped because Nice fans stormed the field. Now, what happened is Nice fans were throwing stuff on the field. A water bottle apparently hit Dimitri Payet, who plays for Marseille. Dimitri Payet picked it up and threw it back at the crowd. (laughs) And then the supporters section stormed the field. And there's one video of a Marseille staff member, wasn't really identified, but he was a Marseille, he was with Marseille, just punches a fan. Like, fan didn't see him coming, just runs up and decks, and decks the guy him. in the chin. Uh, there were also pictures afterwards. I could, I didn't see a video of this, but two of the players for Marseille had, like, their necks were just red. And they said because they had fans come and, like, put their hands up to their necks and choking them. So... This is what we need in American I, sports. Exactly. <laughs> this is what we need. I, I will also say, and maybe this is me being slightly like slightly xenophobic, but I always feel like, so like Premier League, they're throwing bricks and trying to glass each other. <laughs> For some reason in France and Italy, they're always trying to choke each other. Oh, they're very, they're very <laughs> like, into the like, choking. Oh, yeah. Like we get into, for, Americans get into that crappy fist fight where it's just two men rolling around yes. on the floor. yes. The British and the like, the the Scottish and Irish are taking a yeah. full pint of liquor and trying to hit each other with it, and everyone else is like, "I'm going to choke how, you." How soft? Well, mouse in the house, but uh, how soft are most American sports fights? 
Hockey, they're soft. Oh. Yeah. Baseball, oh. they just kind of run at each other, yeah. and like it's like not, everyone, you know, Baseball. here comes here comes the bullpen. It's like just stay there. You, <laughs> oh. you, by the time you Hold get on, to wait, these wait, guys, wait. are going to be up to bat again. I will say there was a, and this was maybe a decade ago because I think Mark McGuire was the hitting coach, but he came out of like he came out of the dugout like a WWE wrestler <laughs> and starts just full on throwing. Didn't go for the Dodgers. Wait, I think that yeah, yeah. he was in genuinely, but he was picking tunes up like one handed. We hit a lot more home runs back then. Top rope, (laughs) a lot more home runs. I don't know why. It was interesting. He was the hitting coach. We just started hitting bombs. That team records and home runs. Team records home runs. That man knew how to put together a vitamin. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So yeah, there's a soccer fight. Well, the fan, not even a soccer fight, a fan fight. Where you got, and it was it was very much malice at the palace because you had just fans on the yeah, field, literally yes. like fighting Going crazy coaches and players of of teams. I mean, is this glass bottles or like water bottles? It was a, the, so the one that the that Dimitri Pyatt threw back was like a plastic water water bottle. Water yeah. bottle. Okay. Which, by the way, that's like my favorite part is that the fans that storm the field threw stuff on the field, and then what set them off to storm it was oh he threw it back at us. We gotta right, go get it, right. and it's like, you 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 started, you right. threw it first. He's yeah. just returning yeah. what you threw at him, like that. I couldn't get over. Like, oh, how dare he? If Cubs fans were really real fans, when they threw the ball back, they'd actually try to hit the guy in the head. Instead, they just kind of toss it that on the outfield. That was the Yankees fan. Yes. That was the Yankees. Yeah, was Alex for yes. Dugo. Yes. yes, that was the Yankees. You need fan. more of that. Do and you? you need Are more. We sure? You no. need Are more of this. Sure? You know, no. you need less soft, less soft media members from Raiders.com of Cassie Soto. You get hit in the head with a Seven Up bottle. Let's go. Oh, Keep it. It was Mountain Dew. That. It was Mountain Dew. It was Mountain Dew. And it, that I will say, I was genuinely scared for because there was. <laughs> I don't think she would know what to do besides. I, I guess I got to hold the camera steady. <laughs> There's a giant fist fight in front of me. There was. There was actually talk about American fights. There was actually a good punch thrown in that one. The uh, yes. um, what the defensive back Austin Arnold, yes. I think his yep. name was, punching mm-hmm. Kenyon Oblad. I mean, it was a cheap shot coming up from behind him, and right. Kenyon Oblad couldn't yeah. see him, but he actually get landed a punch on him. Whereas most fights, yeah, there's no landed punches. No, it's just in baseball they run at oh. each other without a plan. Baseball's the worst. They just like I'm gonna run at you. Yeah. I don't know what I'm gonna do. You next. back up. I'll run at you, and by the time we get to each other, both <laughs> benches are cleared. And nothing's gonna happen. By, by the end of it, for some reason, Dusty Baker and uh, Dave Roberts are standing <laughs> in the corner talking to each other about like random things. Exactly. <laughs> and meanwhile, huge fight going on. The in best front. are the bullpens. It's just oh, it's preposterous it's, when well, they're jogging listen, out. It's because. They'd get ripped by somebody for not well, having yeah, their teammates yeah, you'd back. back up your teammates. They'd get ripped. They'd yeah. be like, you just sat out there yeah. eating bubble gum yeah. in the that's bullpen? The, You're going to blow the safe sa- anyway, Jansen. Get your butt in there. Jog in. <laughs> the most sports radio take of the, what type of teammate are you? Yes, exactly. That you didn't exactly. jump right into the horrible, fray. Horrible take. Ex- that's a thousand yards away. That's exactly what would happen, yeah. too. And they you would. They'd rip the guy. We'd They'd rip like, the guy. You don't care about the team yeah. enough. Like, we're talking about the Raiders and Rams fight. Oh, they all have yeah. each other's backs. Get in there, Mayock. Because they're fighting over a special teams play.